Hi guys, thanks for clicking on to In The Stands. Games weren't too great today, but we still have plenty to talk about as there's big transfer sagas. Harry, what's your favourite transfer rumour that came out today? The Matteo Ganduzzi one, because I had absolutely no idea that Arteta wants him to go. Yeah, very wow. interesting. Let's have a listen. Jamie, the game, yes, what mate. was the highlight of the games that we, we covered? There what wasn't we... any. That's why <laughs> yeah. it's such a good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we also had the Tottenham game and the Leicester one as well. Mikey, who do you reckon's going to fall into the drop? Are Brighton now safe? Um, they're getting there. Not quite yet. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of games to cover as well tomorrow, so make sure you join us for then. But for now, let's have a listen to the episode. Welcome back to the Daily Roundup. We're going to talk about two games today. We had Spurs West Ham and we had Leicester Brighton. Plus, we've got plenty of games playing tonight, so we can talk about what we think about those. And uh, yeah, plenty to cover. So, what did you guys think about the games yesterday? Because I wasn't Boring. particularly enthralled. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, generally the most not the most boring game week there's ever game day has ever been. Mm. But but I felt after that like I was just bored the whole time. It was like <laughs> two two bits of exciting. Harry Kane's goal was nice, yeah. but it's just I felt like I wasted my time watching the game. To be completely honest with you, yeah. Has there been a worse game apart from those two? Well, most of the games haven't really been that exciting. If I'm completely honest with you, mm. apart from some of those Saints, Norwich, Man- any Man City game, Liverpool, Newcastle not even Liverpool free, game, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said to my dad that I might just not watch first halves anymore because they just finished nil nil. I don't know what it is, but they all just finished nil nil. And uh, yeah, I might just tune in for second halves because it seems like nothing happens towards the first water break. You might get the chance of a goal before half time, and then apart from that, it's all just uh, kicks off in the second half. So yeah, and is it something to do with? Was it actually? Because if you look on the game, actually at the games, you've got. Leicester pushing for Champions League, Brighton trying to secure their safety, Tottenham again trying to go for Champions League, West Ham trying to secure their safety. And on paper, you think that could be two good games, but it seemed like they both just didn't want to commit and both teams all just sat back. And I think Leicester had a good go and nothing happened. And Tottenham were trying to counter-attack against West Ham, who weren't really doing anything. Well, I think it's because future, you look at the future fixtures of West Ham and Brighton, there are a lot more winnable games um, than Leicester and Spurs away. Um, with, like, I don't know if it's just the fact that with these two being right down the bottom, a point might be all they need to stay up. So that point that Brighton have got against Leicester, they've got four points from the opening two games. They've done superbly well to get them. Yeah. And I think that 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 probably was a thing that Graham Potter will be happy to take away from Leicester especially with them for Champions League and also it's a weird time at the top as well isn't it because not knowing if City's going to get this band upheld or not mm-hmm. depends whether fifth is actually a good place to finish or not for Champions League yeah. so again Leicester currently third going to be in the Champions League places probably by the end of the season they didn't need to go all out and get three points. It might be a more important fixture later down the line where they are playing someone in that top seven, top eight fight of Champions League and they need to get a result there. One thing I I wondered when watching it, because I realised that Spurs are very 
efficient, very defensively minded, but also still have that that good counter attack. Do you believe that Mourinho has got them playing better than Pochettino was? Because I know it seemed like quite a harsh challenge to sack Pochettino after everything he'd done. But do you think this is working for Spurs or do you reckon Pochettino still could have turned it round and be performing slightly better than they are now? Well, I think they were unfortunate not to beat Manchester United today. Sorry, yesterday. They could have certainly beat West Ham by a few more. I know Fournell's had a good chance, as he did against Wolves when it was 0-0 to break the deficit for West Ham. But apart from that, they were... It might, be, it might sound harsh, but they're a bit lifeless. They sat right back, two banks of four. And the, the amount of chances Tottenham did have, Son had the offside goal, came when it was nil-nil, just slipped one past the post. And I think, to be fair, they are an attacking team. I know they've got Mourinho and he's known for his defensive work. But at the moment, they are playing good, a good brand of attacking football. So they need to get wins to push for the Europa League spaces. So are they playing better football? I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, four points out of West Ham and Manchester United, if you offered them that before and only conceding one out of those two games, I think they probably would have taken it. Yeah. And, Jamie, the fact that Harry Kane's back now, how important is that just for Spurs to try and get Because I know they play a lot through Kane. How important is that for them to try and push for that Europa League, not Europa, European football? Well, it's crucial for them, Oli. Basically, we saw when Kane was injured, Spurs were a bit useless without him. Because it's not, I don't think Son can do the job on his own. I think he does play well off Harry Kane, and it's just, and like I said, that you see, like you said, they really, they play through him. Without him, and they have no really backup quality strikers without him, and it's imperative. Hang on, it's imperative. That's the word, Harry. Thank you. It's, I'm very. Uh, it's very early in the morning to record this, <laughs> everyone. It's ten o'clock. It's I can't go past ten. <laughs> exactly. Like three hours work by now. We can barely get out of our pits and stick on a call. It's, it's, oh. it's imperative for Spurs that he stays fit. They don't play him too much to risk recurring a recurring injury from Harry Kane. Yeah. Well, it has been almost a bit of a blessing for Spurs to have this three months break for the their players to get back. Is there any other teams you reckon that have benefited better than Spurs? Because I know they've had. Is it Son back? Kane back? I think one of their midfielders is back now as well from injury. So they've got a lot of key players that come back with this extended break. So I can't really think of many other, maybe Man United with Rashford, but I can't really think of any other teams that have possibly well, benefited think, better than them. No. Didn't Arsenal have a few back and yes, now they've got a low injury again? So. Yeah. <laughs> I think Tottenham have because it's not only Kane it's not even Son but they've also got Steven Bergwijn that's also back he's an yeah. attacking threat that I think scored three from three starts I heard yesterday came off the bench yesterday and didn't, didn't really do much he was only on the pitch for 18 minutes and I think Tottenham overall before the break they were sort of scraping for results now like I said they were lucky to beat Man- not not to beat Manchester United they quite clearly were the favourites yesterday and Julie, Julie did win the game do you think they can get Champions League football? I think it's Probably too just... tight at the top of the table to be honest because it's just I, I don't see um, United dropping points realistically Leicester and it's just because then you've got you've got Chelsea and um, Liverpool obviously taking the other ones I just can't see and taking off those points unless there's something drastically goes wrong at other clubs yeah I think the gap might just be a little bit too big 
uh, I'm trying to see if I can find the actual table, but let's have a look and see how far it was. They've played one game more than Wolves and United, but they're only a point off both. Yeah. So, okay, they're, no. they're quite close. Uh, if it's going to be a top four, then they're six, they're six off Chelsea. But if it's going to be fifth, that gets it. They're only a point away. Is, is there any games between those top teams? So is there any... Tottenham Wolves, Tottenham and United or anything. So I'm wondering if that could be the difference. Can it, if it's a six-pointer game and one of those comes uh, out on top. Spurs have Arsenal and Leicester. Those are the only ones at the top. And Sheffield United. But I don't know. Yeah, so they're yeah. kind of around them, but no one on top of them, do they? So I guess they need a bit no. of a bit of uh, fortune. They've got a nice running. Yeah. So I think uh, they just basically need to focus on their game and then hopefully the teams around them drop points. You've got Man United, Wolves. Can you can you see Wolves keeping up sixth? Or do you reckon there might be a drop-off period with the return of the Europa League as well? I can't, in all honesty. I, I think Wolves are probably one of the best drilled sides in the Premier League. They are so consistently like most games they won't turn up for like the first 45 minutes their defence will keep a minute and then their attacking players will go for it and Traore especially if uh, Nuno Espirito Santos is going to play him off the bench then Traore is a massive threat uh, Jimenez always gets a goal Neves is always solid Neves and Moutinho in the midfield is probably two of the best central midfielders in the league to be fair yeah. um, one of the best partnerships and they, they're just so consistent in picking up results. I can't see them dropping off from sixth or fifth. Fair enough. Okay. Their uh, running's just... not too difficult either, to be fair. As well. they've, they've got Arsenal and Chelsea. Apart from that, they've, it's, it's the team below them. It is optional, but do we want to talk about the Leicester-Brighton ge- uh, Brighton game? Because yeah. not much <laughs> happened. I mean, there was oh, a penalty save. Save. Sorry, Michael made a good save from the penalty. Yeah, and there um, was a handball in like the wasn't there like a handball in the 90th minute that I don't. Yeah. Quite I'm not gonna lie, I don't think I was paying attention by that point because oh. <laughs> it was Wait, uh, ball, ball got whipped into the ball. I think it was Madison. It came off for a corner. It went back out wide, and Madison and Shane Duffy had his arm there, <laughs> and <laughs> for some reason that was not given as a penalty. It hit him straight on the arm. It blocked the cross coming in, and they managed to clear yeah. it, and they didn't give it as a penalty. I, I think this game was made to test my patience because I did give it the time, <laughs> and it went on and on and on and on. And just like Leicester were being wasteful when they had the ball, Brighton weren't really doing anything. And I was just like, yeah, you know, I was so excited for football to be back. And I watched every single game and watched this one. And I was kind of like, am I just watching it because it's on? Because I, I've got nothing else to do. But this isn't entertainment, is it? Let's be honest. Like, it, nothing really happened. I don't know if you can gleam anything out of there, Harry. But... Isn't there? There was four shots of target on the entire game. It's not. Yeah. Well, to be fair, we say that Leicester obviously they, they started with two up front, which is attacking. They normally only have a single man up front. Arnacho mm. and Vardy with Madison and uh, I believe it was Gray on the other side of his first start since December. Then you look at the Brighton side, you have more pie and Conley, so another two, another duo up front with McAllister and there was someone else on the right hand side as well. So they are two 4 4 2 formations that are looking dangerous in the attack with more pie obviously off the back of a good. Against Arsenal, Vardy 
a bit of a dry patch, but then two games ago, technically, he did score two against Aston Villa off the bench. You know, it was a game that was set out to have a few goals, but neither team, apart from the penalty, had one of those clear-cut opportunities. And that's, that's sort of the disappointment that they take out of it. But Brighton, they, they probably expected zero points out of the previous two games. And they've picked up four and probably are very close to securing survival. Yeah, fair point, yeah. Is um, there a worry for Leicester? Uh, Jamie Vardy's goal was drying up. Uh, I mean, I know it's only two games back, but he hasn't really had a sniff in for the last two games, which is not like him. Um, defensively, they're still solid, but would, would you say like one goal in the last two games when they played Watford and Brighton? Like, yeah, that's that's the problem that um, Brighton is normally one of his favourite opponents. I think from I saw a stat somewhere yesterday that I think he scored four in a row against Brighton or something ridiculous like that, and he got I think one touch in the first thirty minutes. And I think he got eight in the entire game or eight in the first half overall. But I would be concerned that they are, what, nine points above fifth or something ridiculous like that. I think their early season forms really helped them in pushing them into the top four. And I think that's probably the only reason why they're going to stay in that area, just because of that early season form. Because a point against Watford and then just a point against Brighton, two teams that early in the season, they get six points out or without even having to think. I think... Vardy's form is worrying, but also strikers do go through those sort of patches as well. Hmm. Looking at the games today, there's four all at six o'clock. So we got uh, United, Sheffield, uh, yeah, United, Sheffield United on Sky. You got uh, what's it? Newcastle, Aston Villa on BT. You got Wolves, Bournemouth on BT as well, and you got Norwich, Everton on uh, BT. No, BBC Sport. So there's four <laughs> different ones. Hmm. Which one are you boys going to watch? Because as far as he thought, you're going to watch all of them. All yeah, at the I, same believe, time. I believe in you, I've Harry. You can do device, I've got four different devices. So right. I'm, going to watch all four. I'm going to keep the run going and watching every single You know, like the match of the day studios where they're just going they're everywhere. Yeah. That's what Harry's going to do. He's going to drill his iPad onto the wall. <laughs> He's going so to be ready. Talk us through the setup then. Are you having Sky Sports on the TV and then yeah. what? Three iPads. Oh. No, I think BBC is going to be on the TV because despite the fact that it's probably the least entertaining game out of all of them, it's easier to get BBC on the TV. I'll probably have Sky Go on the iPad. Yeah. Uh, I've also got Sky Go on a laptop. And then I don't know what I'm going to do for the fourth one. But, you know, I'm going to it's think... It's two on BT spot. ones, though. It's not. Question, it's only one on Sky. Question is, oh, the question is yeah. Harry... Will your internet be able to handle it? <laughs> that's 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 <laughs> yeah, that's another problem. It, it can hardly hold one game at a time, so I don't know how it's. Well, gonna I was going to say that you've been bugging out on this call. There was a moment when you were talking, you know, very well about uh, the relegation points and things like that, and your frame was just frozen at a point. And I know you're very good at pretending to be frozen, but I don't even think you were <laughs> pretending on that one. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Classic, Harry. One team that has frozen under pressure is Bournemouth. Do you think they're going to have a reaction against Wolves? Because they've had a poor performance against Crystal Palace where they've been dominated, didn't really have anything to show for. What what do you think is going to happen in that game? Let's see. On on one football polls, Harry, Wolves are 86% likely to win their game. And that just shows you the dominance Wolves eh? have against lower league oppositions. So saying, as Mike was saying a minute ago, Wolves can sit back happily for the first 45 minutes and just counter-attack in the next. 
And oh, easily dominate a team like statistics from one football where people <laughs> vote on who they think is going to win. Not yes. even any data. Might just be there's more Wolves fans. I mean, there's yeah, about yeah. twenty Bournemouth fans. Isn't yeah, there's there? seventeen thousand votes on them. <laughs> what? There's seventeen thousand votes. I'd say sixteen thousand Wolves fans. Well, Mark thinks it's going to be two 0 to Wolves, so that's going to be a Wolves victory yeah. in my eyes. If Martin Lawrence said it's going to be a victory. I just thought I was doing really professional. Then. So so as long as he's not talking about really Liverpool, I think it, I think it's fine. Liverpool, isn't it? I think it's that. Yeah. <sighs> right. <laughs> Do we want to have a live page? I, I've got some more transfer rumours if you want to go for it. Oh, oh yeah, go for it, Ollie. Let's forget about all of the games. So let's just all right. Well, should we, all right, then. Should we do quick predictions? All right. We'll How's that sound? Yeah. United, Sheffield United. Harry, go. 2 0 United. Uh, Manchester United. Jamie. Manchester United. <laughs> 1 0, I'd say. Sheffield United is solid in the back. No way they can see two. And they could see three last week, Harry. You're a madman. They wouldn't let that happen twice in a row. Um, 1-0 Man United 1-0 Man United I reckon it's going to be 2-1 Man United Newcastle Villa Harry 0-0 <laughs> It sounds good, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah That might be the game I forget about <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Up the Villa 1-0 Ooh Mikey you know, uh, I'm going to go with the same as Harry 0-0 <laughs> I reckon it's going to be a 1-0 who? Uh, Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> right, Norwich, Everton. Harry. Uh, two-one Norwich. Ooh. What? Yeah. Jamie. Three-nil Everton. Ooh. Mikey. Nil-nil. Nil-nil again. Poor BBC getting another nil-nil. Um, oh. I reckon it's going to be two-nil Everton. Uh, Wolves, Bournemouth. Harry, what do you reckon? 3-0 Wolves. Ooh, okay, fair enough. Jamie? Um, good question. I'm going to go for 1-0 Wolverhampton Wonders. Mikey, what's your record? It's going to sound like I'm just copying Tizard, but I was also going to go 3-0 Wolves. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I, <laughs> I reckon 2-all. I reckon Bournemouth might hold them. Wolves draw a lot of games. <laughs> I reckon they'll go hell for leather, but then they'll throw it away. Um, and then late kickoff, we've got uh, Liverpool Crystal Palace to put that pressure on City and win it on the weekend. What do we reckon? Harry? 3 0. 3 0. What? 3 0. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> Fair enough. What game are we talking about now? Liverpool again. Crystal Palace. <laughs> a six goal I was thriller. on at eight o'clock. Uh. <laughs> yeah. What do you echo, Jamie? <laughs> you were aware I think of this game, right? man. Yeah, I, know, I completely forgot. But I'd say three 0 Liverpool. Sorry, I can read And an accent as well. Wow. Blimey. Mm. Mikey, what do you reckon? You can skip the accent if you don't. I was going to say the same thing as Tim. What three all? Oh my god. Liverpool are going to go 3-0 up in the last 25 minutes Palace are going to come back it's going to be Dwight repeat. Gale's going to come on Dwight <laughs> Gale's is going to come running on the pitch as much as I'd love to see get, that get I don't think it's really going to you can play so I think it's going to be a 2-1 late late Liverpool goal I reckon what, consolation oh. or is it going to be 2-1 oh Liverpool? no I think Liverpool will win it I think they'll get it right at the end um, right, should we go to my back pages then? See what we've got going on. 
Um, Juventus apparently have agreed an 80 million fee for Barcelona striker Arthur. Striker? Midfielder. Midfielder. What's going on there? What do you reckon about that? And apparently they, they've still got to convince him to join the club. Would you go from Barcelona to Juventus if you were Arthur? Not when Juventus already have about 64 different central <laughs> midfielders. So they've got Kadira, Rabio, Ramsey, uh, Matuidi, and now they're going to have Arthur. They're going to have to. Uh, if I was him, I'd want them to ship a couple of people off. And I think Pianic might be going the other way which is ridiculous. I don't know why Barcelona prefer to have Pjanic, who's much older than Arthur, I believe, anyway. So it's a bit, it's a bit, a bit of an odd one for me, but if you get 72.5 million and maybe replace him with someone that isn't Pjanic, then I'd yeah. say it's a good deal. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Sarri has said that he wants to build the midfield around him the same way he did for Jorginho at Napoli and Chelsea. So... Uh, I think it would be a good move for him because I don't know how much he is actually playing for Barca at the moment. Um, and being told that you're going to have a side built around you when you're 23, that's like another decade that you've got. It's, but if, if Sari keeps the job, he's got like another decade where he's going to be a part of that central midfield. So it's it, interesting. It you, you, met, uh, you mentioned Jorginho because apparently he's also been linked with uh, Juventus. Apparently it's one of the players that Sari wants to bring in, but it, the record seems like he's not going to leave Stamford Bridge. So uh, as much as I think Sarri wants him again, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, it looks like we're going to get a lot of uh, contract extensions through again. Looks like Arsenal have finally sorted out their um, their contract saga. Looks like uh, is it Davo Louise has got a one-year, which <laughs> considering recent form seems, I think he'd be laughing, but yeah, fair enough. Do you think he could actually be a help in that last year or is this a kind of panic extension it just by. seems like Arsenal have no money in the bank and I, to be honest, I feel sorry for Arteta because realistically that's not what we'd want to happen it's just I think he's being restricted of how much money he can spend and he can't risk losing players on freeze yeah fair enough what do you what do you reckon Harry just good squad depth I think that's quite vital. I think uh, the spot that I can't remember the name of they got injured against Manchester City might be out for th- three or four months so he's not available for the rest of the season so I think personally it's just due to squad depth and it will see out as one year hopefully for them he won't play much because it will be the sense fact that that's injured if someone could give me the name of him and uh, Yuri Miri as well Miri. yeah him and Saliba at centre-back and then they'll probably have um, Holding and David Louise are sort of the backups or the, the players in the dressing room as the old, the old saying would go I'm just reading here by the mail apparently they said Mikel Arteta is ready to sell Guendouzi after midfielder taunted Brighton players over wages and grabbed Neil Moipai by the throat months after boss caught him doing quote unquote silly dances in training so uh, it seems <laughs> that Apparently, Arteta's willing to let him go. Apparently, frustrated with the uh, midfielder's antics. Now, it may be that he's just a youngster and he's not quite shown the commitment that uh, Arteta's looking for. But is it a sensible move for Arsenal to let him go over his attitude? Or do you think that's something that could be being co- like coached and improved from him? Um, it, it, he's still quite young, isn't he? He's still, he's still a young player. And he... Um... Uh, he definitely has quality. It just depends on his attitude. If he, because there are ways of changing player attitudes. It's whether the player wants to change. Mm. So uh, 
if Arteta can try and convince him to change the way that he behaves, then he could be a really world-class player. Yeah. Could this also set a precedent for the other players in the Arsenal side if they're not really showing their, you know, like their full commitment to the side and suddenly Arteta goes, look, if you're not with me, you're against me, here's the door, and Gwen Doozy ends up leaving. Could that, you know, kind of help Arteta with trying to prove to the rest of the Arsenal players you've either got to be here and work with me or, or not is you know could that kind of prove to the rest of the the team that it, that's his thinking well, it, it shows he won't take any oh sorry Mikey no no, no there you go, you go. Oh, thank you it shows that he won't take any rubbish from any players I think especially with Arteta coming in as he's kind of approving himself as a manager still arguably it shows he won't take any crap from his players because yeah. he's there to be respected and he wants a team that will be respected by other players oh. other players of other teams yeah fair enough what do you reckon Harry what do you reckon about the whole uh, situation between uh, Guendouzi the thing is I think despite his age I think he is one of Arsenal's better midfielders I think he's the one person that's probably showed promise this season at the age of 21 he's the sort of player that you can build a team around due to the fact that he's young so when they do do this rebuild in three years time we'll be 24-25 heading towards his peak and I think, to be fair, his commitment's there. I think the one reason why he was getting taunting more by doing this or doing that is because he, he wants the team to win, which in the past for Arsenal players this season hasn't really been shown that much. So for me, I give him time, give him time to mature himself and I, I build the team around him because one, he's a valuable asset. Two, if he's Premier League level at 21, there's going to be a lot of teams in for him and I think it'd be a bit odd to sell unless it's sort of the Paul Pogba situation at Manchester United originally where the attitude has outweighed his performance or potential. The, the problem with doing a sort of like coming into a dressing room going, this is how things are going to be now. This is this is the way that we're going to be. If player power is higher than manager power, which it does seem like at Arsenal, mm. Um, there can be that problem of the players going we don't like this um, and we're not going to play properly if you don't let us do like what we want to do and I think that can also be a problem because player power has got a lot bigger over the last couple of years and egos have got a lot bigger and it does seem like that Arsenal do have a lot of egos which can be a good thing if they're playing football and playing well can be a really bad thing if they're not Fair enough. Got a last bit of good news. See if you guys like this. Something to look forward to. Uh, Football's authorities in England are exploring the possibility of using the Community Shield as a test event for the return of fans before the start of the next season. It's the Times. Ooh. I can't read it on because I don't have the subscription for Times. So <laughs> that's all you're getting at the, uh, the headline. So probably not best that we judge it just on the uh, headline, but that's on the Times for making me charge for buying it. So... Is that something you guys could be sad about? You know, we're starting to see a possibility of fans returning to the stadiums. Well, well, how one of the first times that there's excitement around the community shield, um, which will be good. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> true, to be fair. What do you reckon, Jambo? I'm sure. Well, is there a date this could possibly happen? Um, how far away is this? I've told you, I can't read the article. Uh, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. What, I'll, I'll have a look. Harry, what, what do you reckon about it? What's the weight between, uh, you know, the the fans enjoying and going to their also safety and making sure that people are safe? How do you think um, it should be treated? Well, it, sort, it sort of depends if, it, if there's a maximum capacity. Because if it's 30,000 and you can have space between the seats, then fair enough. But I wouldn't say a test is a good idea to have 90,000 people in the stadium and see if it works. It's so the for me, I'd prefer, 
you're not going to get 90 people. I prefer, yeah, but if it's the first time people can get back in stages, I think people even would buy tickets left, right, and centre. But for me, I'd probably say start it at, as bad as it sounds, start it at League Two or League One, build it up slowly, and then see if the Premier League can do it. Because at the moment, I just don't think it's it's a very good idea. I think another topic of uh, difficulty is the international break as well, because they're trying to push everything back, but they can't move the international break. It's all kind of becoming a headache. But yeah, it looks like as soon as the new season's going to go, it looks like they're going to try and fit it in there to, to see if they can do fans. If it doesn't work, and uh, then they, they will reevaluate. But I think that's going to be their testing piece to see if they can get the community shield in there. So uh, well, the, yeah. the thing the thing is is that we don't know how well the pandemic's going to do over mm. the next couple of months. It could really shorten up and everything's fine by August. So it, that could happen, or we could have a second spike and we could still be in lockdown in August. It, it, we don't know. So it's it's to take like every week by week evaluating how it's going and. Then, because Germany, I think, have had a second spike, haven't they, or something like that? So uh, it is, it is I know they're without going into too much politics. I think their infection rate's gone up, but I don't know how how the actual figures have gone. For okay. um, yeah, it's definitely one to keep. I don't think public safety should really be threatened just to get football fans in, but I'm sure they know what they're talking about a lot more than we do. So we'll leave it to the experts. Say, see what uh, see what they come up with, unless maybe they use us to try and make the decision making, but. Uh, possibly just not. the guinea pigs <laughs> yeah okay right well we talked about the five games that are coming up tonight so make sure you join us for tomorrow when we talk about what happened in those five games so hopefully they're a lot more entertaining than the ones that happened today but of course we can look at transfer news uh, contract sagas anything like that tomorrow as well and see what there is to talk about so thank you for joining us if you're on YouTube make sure you subscribe that bell on drop a like if you did enjoy the video if you're listening on your podcast and home, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss them. They're coming at you every day, so make sure you don't miss them. Uh, it's been me, Ollie, my other co-hosts. Harry, do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Jamie? Goodbye. And Mikey? Bye. See you later.